Hi, my name is Joel Knox. I'm the senior pastor at the Vineyard Church of Brenham in Brenham, Texas. I'm so glad you're interested in our podcasts. This media is completely free to you, so you can share it with anyone else however you'd like. Our church is located at 1401 South Bluebell Road in Brenham at the corner of Tom Green Street next to the Bluebell Creamery and across from the Bluebell Aquatic Center. You can also find us on the web at vineyardbrenham.org and on Facebook and Twitter at Vineyard Brenham. Anyway, thanks again for stopping by, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. How's everybody doing? Feel good? It actually feels comfortable in here. I, I saw Corey earlier, well, last week, and uh, he's, he's, he's been trying to help us with our AC situation, but uh, we've, 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 made it, we've made it work this far, so um, I'm glad you're here. I think I scared everybody off last week thinking it was going to be really hot, so um, glad you braved it. And we've got water over here for baptism. If anybody gets too hot, you can cool off after the service. So we're going to be baptizing a couple of folks at, at the end of the service. So, uh, and if, if anybody would like to join in, just, you know, just get ready. Uh, well, th- that was the song, This Little Light, performed by Mike Ferris and his band, The Roseland Rhythm Review. It appeared on an album called Shine for All the People, released in 2014. And that album was was awarded a Grammy Award for the best Roots Gospel album for that year. And personally, I think it's probably one of the coolest versions of the song I've ever heard. So, well, I think we've all learned that song at some point in our lives. Maybe it was in... A Sunday school class. I think it was for me. Maybe it was a vacation Bible school, children's church, or maybe you just you just happened to learn it. You heard it somewhere, and, and it just it's a catchy tune, and so it was easy to sing, right? And there's lots of verses. Now Mike only did one, shine all over, but there's also the one. Hide it under a bushel? No. I'm going to let it shine. And then there's, I think, just about every kid's favorite, I won't let Satan it out. Right? I mean, how often do you get a chance as an adult to give a person a raspberry? I mean, you can do that any time. Now, of course, that I might be encouraging your kids to do something you don't want them to do, so, um, so forgive me. Well, I'm continuing our series in the Gospel of Mark today, and if you haven't guessed already, I'm going to be talking about a lamp or the light. And I bar- I'm going to borrow my title this morning from... Mike Ferris's version of this little light of mine, this little light. And our text is from Mark chapter 4, and we'll begin in verse 21. If you have a Bible, if not, we've got it up here on the screen for you, quite conveniently. 
Mark says, Then Jesus asked them, Would anyone light a lamp and then put it under a basket or put it under a bed? Of course not. A lamp is placed on a stand where its light will shine. And then for everything that is hidden will be eventually be brought into the open. And every secret will be brought to light. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Now, at the beginning of this this chapter, Mark told his readers that Jesus had a crowd around him. He was down near the lake, the Sea of Galilee, and he found that whenever he had a large crowd around him to kind of create some separation, he could get in the boat and just kind of just set out just a little bit off of the shore, and everyone could gather around, and he could talk to them from the boat. And Mark said that he was sitting down in the boat, and he was teaching. And when he taught, he taught through parables. Parables are stories or word pictures that tell a a, a specific idea, that express a specific idea in order to get a, a specific point across. And Jesus said about His parables that they revealed the secrets of the kingdom of God to those who had ears to hear. And actually those who had ears to hear were those who actually believed that He just might be who He said He was, the Son of God. They're still trying to figure this all out. And so they're following Him around and they're they're learning from Him. He's teaching them and revealing to them who He is. And He said that when you've seen Me, you've seen the Father. He's he's teaching them and showing them who He is. And those who believe, those who come to faith, could understand what He taught whenever He used these parables. Now, the parable of the lamp, which we just read, had meaning for those who believed in Jesus. Now, in the ancient world, there were very few ways to provide light in dark places. I mean, if you can imagine, we, most of us, I think we pretty much can remember only having electricity. Now, there may be a few here that might remember what it was like without electricity. Oh, Georgia. I, and, I, and I'm not trying to... Trying to uh, that, was, that wasn't an age-oriented kind of thing. Because sometimes it has to do with your so- socioeconomic place. Because you, if you lived out in the sticks... It didn't matter really when, it, when, when you were growing up. It, either you had electricity or you didn't. So, so I, that, that, <laughs> that's right. That's right. So for most of us, all we've known is electricity. If you need light, you flip on a switch, right? If you need a light and you're away from electricity, if you've got batteries in your flashlight... You can have your light. And now, you know, because of our cell phones, you know, we have a a light. You know, you might have an app on your phone that makes it like super bright. So, well, in, in the Middle East, in the ancient Middle East, 
there weren't a lot of options. There wasn't electricity. And so everything that they used for light involved the flame. And you might use a torch. You might use a lamp or a candle. But that was the extent of the light that they had. And you also think about this too. The more light that you got, the more heat that you had to deal with. Can you imagine what this room would feel like if, if these lights were all actually candles? It'd be pretty warm in here. We'd, we'd, we, we certainly couldn't meet with, with, with the fans that we've got on right now. So whenever it got dark, the lamps became really important. And in order for the light to be visible, it needed to be in a prominent place. But here's the thing about light and darkness. The dimmest light can still be seen in the darkness. Have you ever noticed that? If you've ever been far enough away that you can't see the lights in the, in, in, on the horizon, and you're way out, there's no, no electrical lights around, somebody can just light a lighter. A little campfire. Just the least little spark. Somebody with a flashlight, you can see that for miles. It's fascinating. And the reason for that is that light dispels darkness. And by definition, darkness is the absence of light. And once you have a light, even if it's just a little bitty light, just a, a match, It's not dark anymore. Now it's still dark around it, but you still have that little light. So, when we're talking about this lamp, it would make sense, just as Jesus was saying, and it was really clear from His parable, that if you have a lamp, that you wouldn't want to put it under a bowl, or try to hide it under your bed. That's a good way to start a fire. I've seen fires that got started from just a candle that was neglected. But whenever you want the light to shine, to fill a room, to light up a room, and all you have is a candle, it's not a good idea to leave it on the floor. You try to put it in a prominent place. And that's what Jesus was saying. You put it on a stand. You put it somewhere where it can be seen and that light can shine around. In the Gospel of John, the Apostle John described light like this. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it or overcome it. The darkness can't overcome the light. Just by nature, it cannot overcome the light. And John referred to the coming of Jesus as the light that was shining into the world. And by definition, as I said, darkness is the absence of light. Darkness can't overcome the light. So why would anyone ever try to stop a light from shining? 
Darkness will not overcome light when it's allowed to shine. And here's another thing that light does. It penetrates the darkness so that you can see things that are hidden in the dark. How many times have you gotten up in the middle of the night because you had to go to the bathroom and you're in a hurry because you got to go to the bathroom and you stump your toe on the dresser or on the leg of the bed or maybe on a corner trying to get around to go to the bathroom? If you had the light on, you wouldn't have hit that, right? I guess nobody in here has ever had that happen to them. Oh, oh my goodness. If the light was on, it would it, no big deal. You'd be able to get to the bathroom and you wouldn't be hobbling for the next two days. So if you have the light, you can see that step down or that, that step up. You can see that obstacle that was in the way. And there's more to what Jesus said than just avoiding obstacles in the dark. Because he goes on to say that hidden things will be brought into the open and every secret will be brought to light. This is what he said after he was talking about the light. And this is another aspect of revealing the secrets of the kingdom. The secret and hidden things that Jesus referred to here are things that are done in in an attempt to hide from God or from man. All of these things, according to Jesus, these things that people have tried to hide, these things that people have tried to cover up, these things that that people have tried to keep out of the light, will one day be uncovered and be revealed. Because His light is shining into the world. And that light, which is Jesus, will eventually uncover every secret and reveal every mystery that ever existed. And God already knows these things. But when the kingdom of God comes in its fullness, the secret of the world, the secrets of the world, will be made known and revealed in the light of Jesus. You know, there's all kinds of mysteries in the world. And we've, we've all wondered, like, what happened to D.B. Cooper? A few of you got that one. Or what happened to Jimmy Hoffa? Where did the the pyramids come from? What happened to the Mayans? I mean, I don't know about you, but I sit around and I think about these things. Like, what, what happened to this? What happened to that? What happened to the dinosaurs? What, I mean, all these things. We, we don't know. And according to what Jesus says, all these secrets will be revealed. Now, in the light of, of humanity, in the light of, of, of our eternity, those kind of things are small things. That's small potatoes. What about the things about revealing who God is? About the things that re- revealing Jesus to us? About what His plan is for our lives? About, about what His purpose is for us as a community? or as a family, or as individuals. These are the things that will be revealed when Jesus' kingdom comes in its fullness. 
And this is what Jesus was talking about. It's all a matter of time. The Apostle Paul told the Ephesians, in Ephesians chapter 5, Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. It's shameful even to talk about the things that the ungodly people do in secret. But their evil intentions will be exposed when the light is shined on them. For the light makes everything visible. And this is why it is said, Awake, O sleeper, and rise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. And see, for those who have relationship with Jesus, there's nothing to fear when the light comes on. You know? You know, when we're we're doing things we're not supposed to do, and we get caught, you know, it's, it's like the light comes on. Oh, well, if... If we're in relationship with Jesus, when the light comes on, when the light shines into our lives... We don't have anything to fear because we haven't hidden anything. There's nothing that's going to be uncovered when the light shines on on, on our lives. I could go on there, but Jesus still had some more stuff to say. In verse 24, and I'm just, I'm almost done. Verse 24 says, then he added, pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen the more understanding you will be given. And you'll receive even more. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. For those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. Now, in order to understand what he's saying here, again, he's talking about those who believe. Those who are are seeking after him and trying to, to gain understanding about who Jesus is. There's so much more that God wants to show us. And it's for those who are really paying attention. It's for those who are really seeking. Jesus said, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be open to you. But in the kingdom of God, it's not a matter of listening and accumulating knowledge. It's about actually doing something with what has been given to us. We've got to do something with what we've received. There's this, it's a concept. And and we, I think we've heard this before. Maybe you've heard it. I've heard it quite a bit. Use it or lose it. I think you all know I I used to work in IT. I've been out, I've been a pastor now for, for a year and a half. And it's amazing how much I have forgotten in the past year and a half. Went over to to Vern's house a few weeks ago. He was having a problem with his computer. Couldn't figure out, why am I not connecting to to the Wi-Fi? So I come and look at it. I reboot his computer. You know, that's the first thing you're supposed to do. Looking at it, and it's, it's just showing no connection. And so I'm sitting around there, and and looking at stuff, and you know, I'm doing stuff on my phone, trying to figure it out. Lo and behold, on the side, there was a little switch. Maybe you have this on your computer. 
Wi-Fi on, Wi-Fi off. Well, back in the day, whenever I was working, that was the first thing. That, that was what we're taught. Look for switches. Make sure I hadn't looked at a computer other than my own in over a year. And so it took me a little bit longer. And that's the whole idea that, that if you don't use it, you lose it. And in order to get what Jesus is saying, we've got to do something. He calls for a response from us. We've got to respond. And when we use what Jesus gives us, that's called application. And Jesus said that He'll keep giving to the ones who listen and who apply and who do what He tells them to do. Consequently, for those who don't pay attention or don't put into action what Jesus has given them, they will not understand. They simply won't. And they'll do less and they'll become useless. This is what Jesus is saying. And that's why, that, that's because we've missed the whole point. What are we supposed to do with what we receive? Well, the Apostle James, in his letter, in chapter 1 says, don't just listen to the Word. Do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the Word and don't obey, it's just like glancing at your face in the mirror. You see yourself, and you walk away, and you forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and you do what it says, and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. Now, what is James talking about? How might we fool ourselves in regard to God's Word? Well, we think that all we have to do is listen. And we're kidding ourselves because we're called to respond. And, you know, we wonder why this Christianity thing doesn't work. And it's because we haven't applied anything that we've been, been given, that we've learned, that we've been taught. And that's because we miss the point. We need to do something with what we've heard. Just as Paul told the Corinthians, for the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk. It's living by God's power. And that power comes when we do what Jesus tells us to do. I think I've told everybody, and you probably saw it on social media, the Vineyard was, our, our, our movement had their, their national conference over the past two weeks. And the live stream was on this past week, and I was listening to the, the speaker on the first night. His name was Mike Pivolacci. Those of you that are, that are familiar with, with worship, uh, he was Matt Redmond's youth pastor. And so... Uh, He's in the UK, and, and so he came over, and he, was, he, was, he spoke a couple of times over the two weeks. Well, he was 
talking from uh, John chapter 2. Whenever Jesus went to the wedding at Cana. This is His first miracle. If you remember... And he was telling the story, and, and I, I, I won't be able to be as, quite as funny as he was. I'm, I'm certainly not cheeky like, a, like, a, a, like the, the British. But if you recall the story, Jesus goes to this wedding with his family. He's there with his mother. Some of his disciples are there, and so they're just kind of hanging out and doing what they do. And they make an announcement that, or that maybe it's, it's, a, it's a whisper that um, they've run out of wine. Well, this is a party. You've ever been to a party where they run out of food? They run out of drinks? They run out of something? It's, it's a bad situation. And it's really bad on the ones who's actually hosting the party. And so they're trying to figure out, what are we going to do? I mean, we've run out of wine. And, and it, it, this, is, it, this, this is a disaster. And... Jesus' mother Mary comes up to him and asks him to do something about it. Well, do you remember his response? Woman, it's not my time. Don't bother me with this. Well, it's funny how she responded in the story because she turns, after telling Jesus to do something, and he responds to her, she, she turns right around and she speaks to the servants and says, whatever He tells you to do, do it. And if you're familiar with the story, Jesus tells these servants to go fill up these, these big jugs of wine. They're, they're like these... I don't know what you call those things. But they're, they're, they're huge and, they, and they, they're these stone... These stone jars that, that hold water. And in those days, in, in the ancient world, water sometimes was not very clean. It wasn't very sanitary. And a lot of times they, 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 they used alcoholic drinks because that actually took care of all the bugs that was in the water. Well, Jesus tells these guys to go get the water. So we don't really know what quality it was. He puts them in these jars, they fill it up, and then Jesus tells one of these guys, okay, take a cup to the master of ceremonies. Now can you imagine? Because the, the servant was, was a slave. And so Jesus just told the guy, okay, go, go take that to the master of ceremonies. I'm sure the guy was thinking, you asked me to take a cup of questionable water to the master of ceremonies to drink? I mean, they, they just ran out of wine. But Jesus said, go do it. Take it to Him. Well, we know the rest of the story. From the time that the servant took the water and handed it to the master of ceremonies, when he drank it, he turned and he, he, he told everybody, my goodness, we, we, at a party like this, by now we'd be serving the bad wine. We'd be serving the cheap stuff. But you save the best for right now. And I think it's interesting because the servants knew what happened. 
Nobody else did. And that was Jesus' first miracle. You see, there's, there's something that we can learn from that. Jesus' little Jewish mother told those, those guys, do whatever He tells you to do. Can you picture her? I can, I can picture her in my mind. Do whatever He tells you to do. Well, that's our call from this, from this passage. The only thing that can prevent the light from shining is by trying to put the light out. The only thing that can prevent it from shining is, is what, we, what we do to prevent it. If we let the light shine, if we let Jesus use us, if we let Jesus lead us, and we do what He tells us to do, just imagine what the light can do through our lives. And that's when we experience the power of God. And it's more enough power to change the world. Can we stand together?